0: Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 284. Joining us this week, our very good friend, recurring guest, the man, the myth, the renaissance legend of the Utica Zoo, Mark Simon, returns to the pod to talk with us a little bit about the Bright Nights event going on now through January also this week, uh, we're going to talk about some coronavirus updates, we're going to talk about Joe Biden, we're going to talk about international news, uh, new segments of Big Energy, uh, done with this guy, we got a little update about Diego Maradona, rest in peace, uh, history lessons, a few mailbag questions, uh, and of course our favorite recurring segment of all time, Mafia Names, uh, all of this folks, and so much more. Uh, we are happy, as always, to have you here on another episode of the Utica
1: seems like Mondays specifically. Mondays are just <laughs> tough out here.
0: <laughs> it's, I woke up this morning and went out to move the car, and it was just such a downer. I was just like, uh, another rainy. I guess it hasn't turned into snow just yet. I don't know if that's better or worse. It depends on your perspective. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the show, folks. It's the Udicast episode 284. Mm-hmm. Uh, joined this week by our good friend, returning guest, recurring guest, as I spoke with mm-hmm. him earlier, Mark Simon. Uh, I definitely named this event or this episode Bright Nights, Mark Simon, but to the theme of that song, Bright Lights, Big City by CeeLo Green. You know what I'm talking about? Bright Lights, Big City! You know what I'm talking about? You ever heard that song?
1: Mm, I know a song by Gary Clark Jr. called Bright Lights. <laughs> well, either way, our,
0: <laughs> Mark, our buddy Mark Simon, uh, back to the studio for the umpteenth time to talk about Uh, Stuff This week, the Bright Nights event, which is really exciting, going on from November 27th through January 3rd, if you're looking for some holiday spirit in Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, Kev, how's things been, buddy? How you doing? Things are good.
1: Things are good. Things are great. Good Thanksgiving. Life is is pretty kind to me
0: yeah did you get to do any like traditional thanksgiving stuff to the best of your abilities i was thankful
1: i ate some food <laughs> yeah i ate some food i saw just a couple of people it was good
0: i was thankful and i ate some food that's yeah, about that's, it's like one of those tweets it's like describe a movie in the most boring way possible uh, you know that's what we
1: were out there <laughs>
0: Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I got in a big tick this week about turkey eggs. I don't know if we I don't know if we bring this... Yeah, you were talking crazy about turkey eggs at well, one point. Well, I heard it on a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Someone talking about turkey eggs. And I really got thinking about it. I was like, I've never seen anyone eat a turkey egg. Right. And apparently you can. There's nothing wrong with them. They're totally fine. Apparently mm-hmm. they're good. Uh, it says they have a, quote, creamy consistency similar to duck's eggs and a speckled
1: complexion Like a quail's egg. Okay, so you're going to be looking for turkey eggs now. So shout out to all of our farmer listeners who are listening to us on the farm. I'm
0: just really curious because I imagine it's bigger than a regular egg. Mm -hmm. So like one turkey egg omelet, probably good. I'm just throwing it
1: It out there. probably is good. What if you put some stuffing in there? Turkey (laughs) instead. I don't think that's what that is. I don't think that's how that works. Uh, sure. I hope you weren't in charge of all the cooking, no, man. <laughs>
0: no, uh, there are logistical reasons. I did find out for why turkey eggs are not popular. Yeah, of course. Uh, turkeys take up more space. They don't lay eggs as often. See? Uh, and they are they have to be raised quite a bit longer before they can actually lay eggs. So mm-hmm. all mostly just accommodations and convenience. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just not worth it. Maybe it's just not as good. That's as literally the... <laughs> what they're saying. No, but I'm saying like... Sometimes if the taste was... It'd still be a delicacy if the taste was worth it. People would be like, oh, you got turkey eggs. It's an egg. Chicken eggs are... are what do you need? What about like an ostrich egg? That's pretty impressive. Oh.
1: <laughs> You're know, I'm not impressed by an ostrich egg?
0: Uh, I didn't do a proper intro. Kevin's here, by the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I
1: guess. I'm
0: leaving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ah, so, let's see. What's going on otherwise here this week? Uh, I was going to... Again, every week I feel like I'm going to say... We're going to have an update on Claudia Tenney and Tony Brindisi in the race for uh, <laughs> District 26. Here's where things are as of today. This is the last thing I found as of this morning before we did the show, so I'm sure that by the time this comes out, it'll be different. Uh, as of Monday morning, Claudia Tenney has taken a 13-vote lead mm. over Anthony Brindisi because of a tabulation error in Herkimer County.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: however... It really isn't going to be much of significance, according to uh, Syracuse.com, because there's apparently about 2,000 disputed absentee and affidavit ballots that will ultimately determine who wins this election. Great. So, essentially, we are still... So, I have nothing to say. <laughs> another week out from having any like real major thing to say, so that's why we'll just put it out here, and then maybe next week we'll have a real answer for mm-hmm. it. Uh, all right. And let's see, I think that's the only other thing. Oh, the other thing I was going to say was, uh, so this week, and usually I save this till the end of the podcast, but I want to talk about our Spotify mixtapes. Oh, okay. Well, we're not going to go through our list until the end, but I wanted to bring something up to you. Because earlier today, you and I watched a video talking about the Mount Rushmore of pop punk bands. Sure. And the bands they picked were Blink-182, Sum 41, Good Charlotte, Mm New Found Glory, if you're curious. But I thought to myself after we were watching that, I was like, ooh, that would be a good playlist for us to do. Mm -hmm. One of these days, like do like the pop punk Mount Rushmore or something like that, like Mm -hmm. a whole pop punk list. Okay. I was like, maybe we'll do it this week. And then I looked at the playlist I made this week and it was too good.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe next week. Uh, maybe I'll do some stuff on Twitter and get some feelings for what songs people Yeah, really There's liked. All,
1: well, there's always various themes. There's a lot of different themes we can do from week to week too to mix it up from just putting like stuff that we've been feeling or stuff that we're listening to. So yeah, I enjoy it. I like making the the playlist and going through. And
0: yeah, it's been fun. I hope people have enjoyed out. them. I don't know if people always make it to the playlists. I can't yeah, tell, I don't
1: but know. but it doesn't matter.
0: I like making them. Uh, all right. Let's get into the covid related topics of the week. Uh, And essentially what I have here uh, is about five different COVID stories of varying levels of seriousness and introspection. Mm -hmm. Let's start with probably the most uh, important one. This has been headlines for most places today. Uh, The biotech company Moderna released new data Monday morning that strengthened their case for their COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, Based on findings, they have enough information to submit to the FDA this week uh, and theoretically Small batches could be out to the public by mid-December if they got emergency FDA approval. Mm. Uh, I've seen a lot of people sort of talking about the idea of like whether or not they would take a vaccine. I don't know if we've ever really talked about it. I'm not anti-vax. I'm very pro-vaccine. Would you be willing to be like one of the earliest people to get a vaccine if it was offered to you?
1: Uh, I don't feel like I'm really... I, I don't, I'm not really that candidate. I don't right. work on the front exactly. lines, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't have any, I certainly don't have any specific access or extra money if it's that kind of thing, you know what I mean? I'm mm. not uh, a super at-risk candidate, so I probably wouldn't be put out there, but it doesn't really, I mean, if if the science is sound, you know what I mean, yeah. and, and what the doctors just, I have, I have to do a little more research. Like sure. That's one of the things, like, you'll see a lot of people, and they'll give you an impassioned take on whether they would or they wouldn't. But none of them really seem to have like that much information. To give an honest answer, I would have to do the real research outside of glancing at a paragraph, you yeah. know what I mean, to, to really say if I was in that situation.
0: Uh, according to this NPR.org article, if you want to read more about it, uh, they said there are a few side effects. You would feel terrible for a day or two, but then you'd be fine. Uh, also, it shows the vaccine has been designed to show uh, whether a shot prevents someone from falling ill, but it mm. doesn't yet know whether it would stop people who are vaccinated from infecting others. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So it's not a total step, yeah. but it, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I know a lot of people seem skeptical. I'm actually happy to hear about all the medical like breakthroughs and stuff. It's great. I can not like... imagine how anybody wouldn't be. I don't, <laughs>
1: yeah. that, that's, I don't understand that. Uh,
0: but yeah, so, you know, I'm hoping that this is a positive start to, to the to news about COVID is not just reading more and more reports about how bad things are getting. Although reading about all the travel stuff over Thanksgiving was pretty grim, mm-hmm. all the numbers. Uh, all right, so let's get to the, the less uh, pressing COVID stories I found here. Uh, this is one uh, about a huge case. Uh, you know, people were talking about all the voter fraud in the election, but it turns out the real fraud was mm-hmm. happening in prison. Uh-huh. Uh, tens of thousands of prisoners and jail inmates included convicted serial killers and notorious inmate Scott Peterson Uh, have carried out what prosecutors describe today as possibly the largest fraud scheme in California history. Mm. The alleged crimes which center on pandemic unemployment benefits could total as much as $1 billion. It's honestly staggering, said District Attorney for Sacramento, uh, Anne-Marie Schubert. Damn. Big-scale crime. Wow. (laughs) Doing massive fraud from (laughs) From prison. (laughs) Wow. Man. Apparently, some of the benefits— This is outrageous. Sometimes the benefits included fake social security numbers and names like John Doe, John Adams, or in one case, Poopy Britches. <laughs> Quite frankly, said uh, said the D.A. The inmates are mocking us. Uh, wow! So that's where the real fraud was. It was it was <laughs> it was monetary fraud by prisoners. And Scott Peterson. Unbelievable. We found the fraud, guys. I found it. Uh, all right. Let's move to uh, another delusional story. And this one comes out of one of my favorite places in all of the world Staten Island. Mmm, S I N Y. Stand up. Shalom. Uh So, in response to new restrictions, Staten Island restaurants have declared themselves autonomous zones. Oh,
2: my goodness, you nerds. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so. Cast are... <laughs> off the Hannity.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I mean it's it's a tough again I, I try and talk about nuance when i when i think about stuff like this mm-hmm. right i understand that there are businesses and small businesses that are definitely hurting and i don't ever want to see some small business go under i want to see them get supported by a government that helps out these small businesses yeah, and stops them from closing but i don't have a lot of sympathy for these people who are like putting up signs being like we refuse to abide by any rules and regulations put forth by the mayor of new york city and the governor of new york state like just straight up like not nah, not doing it I feel like that's not the way. That's not the path forward. The autonomous zone, not nothing. If I've been to New York City, I've lived in New York City. Staten Island was already an autonomous zone that nobody so wanted to go Blasio to.
1: So, De Blasio and Cuomo just just take keep the ferries. Yeah, annex Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, just keep, <laughs> we're just gonna keep <laughs> the ferries on the mainland. Bye, land. Staten Island. Best of luck. <laughs> Best of luck to you, <laughs> King of Staten Island. See you. That's too funny. What a Staten Island move. It's I very sta- I wanted to see. I, <laughs> big, I, I look forward to seeing this play out.
0: Big Staten Island energy. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, this is from lawandcrime.com. Just another example. These are my favorite stories in the world. And I, I know that we have stories like this every week. But then stop having them come out. Uh, <laughs> even though the uh, novel COVID-19 pandemic is spiking amongst <sighs> the citizens of Wyoming right. over the last month, their governor, Mark Gordon, refused to issue any statewide mask mandates, instead arguing that it was up to each individual. To be personally responsible for taking whatever precautions he or she, she's fit. What's the, next le- what's the next sentence of this story going to be, Kev? Oh, uh, he got COVID. He absolutely did. Gordon's did. office on Wednesday confirmed that the governor no, has tested true. positive for the disease, experiencing, quote-unquote, minor symptoms. Mm. I mean, play stupid games win stupid prizes. That's what happens to you. And boy, and here's a good transition because this is the stupidest game I've ever heard. We're we're taking our way to the NFL with this COVID story. Mm. Earlier this week, the Denver Broncos, entire quarterback roster, all four active quarterbacks for the Denver Broncos, tested positive for coming into, uh, I don't know if they tested positive, but they came into contact with somebody who tested positive. So all four of the quarterbacks for the Denver Broncos were out. So instead of just canceling the game or moving it or doing anything that the NFL could to lengthen out the season and like give these people time to get better mm. and not just stick to this made-up schedule they made for themselves. Of course. The NFL said, no, you're playing anyway. Yeah. So the Denver Broncos started an undrafted rookie practice squad
1: wide receiver this week named Kendall Hinton. And we watched a couple minutes of this game and it was very sad. Literally a plot to the movie. To so like a movie where it's like <laughs> this undrafted water boy has to get called up in the big moment. Uh,
0: So, this is my favorite part of the story, though, for obvious reasons. It could have been different, though, because earlier in the week, the team had requested to the NFL that they allow their offensive quality coach, who had been there for two years, to take the reins as starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. His name? Rob Calabrese. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. Offensive quality control coach who had been a quarterback years ago. Mm -hmm. They felt like he was the only person who could understand what was going on in terms of... uh, Uh, Like, the offense. He knew the best to offense. The reason they won't let them do this is because of some weird clause in NFL teams where they don't want you storing, like, talent on your roster as a coach. Like, you had some amazing quarterback prospect, but you couldn't find
1: a spot for him, so you made him the... Sure, but also, to be fair, I feel like during times of a global pandemic, perhaps... It felt odd. Perhaps it's time to bend the rule.
0: It was really tough. It was a tough watch. I felt bad for all the people watching football it was it was really it was embarrassing people watching football as well it was the first time this is the first week that watching football felt a little complicit i got i gotta be honest with all the stuff going on and then moving this baltimore game to tuesday because of COVID stuff and this just embarrassment of a football game it felt really like cold I don't know. Something about it. This is the first time watching this in the you know. I still watch. I still was happy watching the Bills win because I'm a hypocrite. But there you go. Um, but but yeah, it felt. This is the first time where I was like, this doesn't. Yeah, it's just it's, dude. It's so much. It felt kind of dirty. I don't know. It felt dirty. Uh, all right, and one last COVID story. And this is a nice, lighthearted one. <laughs> okay, I love this story. COVID nineteen has been correlated with and responsible for a lot of things over the last few months. <laughs> But most specifically, a sudden downturn. Oh, sorry, a sudden uptick in negative reviews for scented candles on Amazon. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> Over the last few months, uh, the reviews for scented candles have dropped a significant portion, <laughs> uh, as opposed to unscented candles. Uh, people are linking it with uh, people who are buying these scented candles, lost their sense of smell from COVID, don't know it. And are calling to complain that their candles have no smell. Mm. So when you buy a candle for your family this year for Christmas, think about it as like a really cheap uh COVID test. Can mm. your family smell the candle? There you go. Oh, they got the COVID. They got the Rona. Uh all right, let's move on from COVID stuff. I have some uh I have some <laughs> i have a segment I'm calling Joe Biden's Animal Adventures. Are you ready?
2: Sure.
0: <laughs> uh it was reported today that Joe uh Joe Biden, president like Joe Biden, suffered a hairline fracture. In his foot,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, after he slipped while playing with his dog, mm. his new dog Major. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty rough injury, pretty rough like story to tell. I hurt my foot playing <laughs> with my dog. <laughs> not, not exactly the image you'd want to project. However, I did a little bit research on this, mm. and I found some of the dumbest injuries that people have ever suffered, like public public figures. Dogs not so bad. No. <laughs> You that's wanna... just
1: a thing that happens to people, let alone somebody in their 70s. I mean yeah
0: that's... this is this is just some sports worlds one, but I want to throw a couple good ones at you. you ready? Obviously Plexico Burris famously shot himself in the leg carrying his own gun into a nightclub. one that's of the stupidest absolute injuries absolute fool. Cheddar Bob. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville Jaguars punter Chris Hansen in 2013 swung an axe in the locker room and hit himself in the leg. So there you go. (laughs) Stupid games, stupid prizes. (laughs) Uh, Derek Rose sliced open his arm trying to cut an apple in his bed in 2008. Uh, Adam Eaton, famed baseball player of the White Sox, stabbed himself in the stomach while trying to open a DVD in 2001. That's a very 2001 Mm, story. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And of course, famed New York Yankee uh, Joba Chamberlain dislocated his ankle while bouncing on a trampoline with his son in 2012. So Joe Biden. Uh, welcome to an elite level of athletes who have injured themselves in comical ways. More animal adventures from Joe Biden this week. He's announced that he will be the first president in a long time to bring a cat into the White House. That's right. The White House will not just have a dog. It will now have a cat. I feel get- like there's a lot of places for a cat to get, like, lost
1: in the White House.
0: I was just going to say, we have a cat here. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I feel like having a cat's a pain. I feel like Joe Biden's making a mistake here. This is the first
1: mistake of his presidency. Don't bring a cat into the White House. I mean, I feel like Joe Biden himself probably won't have to be the one chasing that cat on the day to day. Do they got a guy on the cat. I'm sure there's somebody who chases the cat that's not the president. Yeah. Do you remember the? Do you remember <laughs> the think. last?
0: Do you remember the last uh, first cat?
1: Oh, uh, wasn't it Socks?
0: Socks the cat. Yeah. That's right. Adopted stray of Bill and Hillary Clinton from the deep state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they adopted yeah, him directly
1: from the deep state. From the deep state. <laughs> deep state deepstatecat.com.
0: Uh, Clinton's successor George H. Uh, George W. Bush uh, had three dogs and a cat named India, while Barack Obama had two Portuguese water dogs named Bo and Sunny. Mm-hmm. So there you go.
1: Nice to have a dog. You gotta have a dog. Got all that space, all that staff. I feel like you're not really having a dog if you're the president.
0: You're barely paying attention to it. If they, yeah, but when you do, when you do, <laughs> yeah. Because
1: you got like your kids uh, and your family and all that stuff too.
0: Uh, it was reported this week uh, that. Uh, uh, president like Joe Biden said on Tuesday that the White House has had sincere uh, transition stuff now that it's been delayed. There has been sincere contact yeah. uh, to make transition happen. However, he has not actually spoken to Trump himself. Of course not. <laughs> I, I want to see it. I want to see the two of them have a combo. Like a, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, meanwhile, I only have two Trump things this week. Meanwhile, on the other side of this, have you noticed a... a Theme coming out in a lot of these Trump like stories now, which is essentially I don't know what that means. Like a lot of these Trump news sure. stories that are coming out. Essentially a theme about like the mental state of the president in the post-election state of him just being in denial. I think I've seen this article a million times this last week. Like this article from the Independence
1: is about him walking around muttering to himself that he won. Like a lot of stuff like this. if you notice an uptick? I mean, in a slightly little bit that people are actually writing about, I mean, this is, this is, I've been, I don't know, I've been talking about this in the podcast for literally years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. About, like, his, his brain turning to mashed potatoes and all the projection being, like, mm. oh, you know, Joe Biden's so senile. It's like, I, okay, buddy, we, I'm, we're sure he is. Like, yeah, he can't, of course. He's going, like, that's what this whole, this whole fake, like, oh, there was election fraud thing is all a big charade to protect the big fat baby's feelings that's all we're looking at here he wants to throw a tantrum they don't want him to sink like these other people and get his fans mad and going after eating their own on twitter that's all this is just coddling still what we've been doing for four years
0: speaking of election security uh recently fired uh, uh recently fired chris krebs uh, was on sixty minutes this week, mm-hmm. uh, and talked about how this why this was the most secure election of all time. Essentially, giving tons of quotes about how the paper uh, backups on this are fifteen percent more than they were in twenty sixteen. Yeah, everybody, you know anybody anybody with eyes to see. I'm kind of surprised that more guys who get fired don't just come straight out and say it. Like this seems pretty straightforward. I'm not giving Chris Krebs a ton of credit. I don't know what kind of guy he is like, sure.
1: outside of this, but. Surprise, more people don't just be like oh yeah you fired me watch right you know what I mean a lot of the type of people that go into positions like this though are the consummate professionals that aren't gonna turn into like hot take burn artists just because they got fired right right but like, no, there's still that like you know this guy who worked at a high level <laughs> in the United States government who still yeah. believes in these rules this protocol and this dignity of the position that he's not gonna forsake just because this madman you know threw him out. Uh, yeah, so
0: that's it. That's all I got for Trump this week. Moving on. See, I'm telling you, I'm trying to weed it out. We're weeding it out week to week. Uh, all right, a little international news for here this week. Uh, this one all the way from the Solomon Islands. Uh, this week, the Solomon Islands government has defended its decision to place a temporary ban on Facebook, a move it says is aimed at tackling cyberbullying and online defamation. They're saying that it's, quote, in the name of national
1: unity. Um, 100%. <laughs> I'm so on board you know I'm 100% on board with this like yeah
0: what are your thoughts of projecting this to the US how would people feel if the United States government just said temporary ban on
1: Facebook oh I don't care they would get over it get rid of it where would they complain where would they complain I don't care yeah get rid of it what an an amazing thing it would be for everybody for everybody in every conceivable way shout out to the Solomon Islands I've been a long time fan of your nation (laughs) um If you want to, you know, extend Mm -hmm. diplomatic relations, anything like that, somebody sending to Mm the Solomon Islands probably be all right. Uh, And this is a
0: much more serious uh, international story. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but uh, riots have been erupting in French cities after police used tear gas and batons to break up crowds protesting against police brutality. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been following this, but activists and journalists have been concerned that the measures that they're doing are going to. They're banning the ability for people to uh, tape police officers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean I'm not going to sit here and do a ton of commentary on that. It's a nuanced issue. Go ahead and read, you know, the Daily Mail or read the Guardian and the Independent. There's a lot of really great writing about it right now. I don't I you know. But I noticed something because I've seen a lot of the imagery about it. And it's very haunting. It's very I think it's because France has that old world architecture to it still. It's like when, it's like when Notre Dame burned down. Like there's a very surreal yeah, sure. look to like this mm-hmm. modern look in like Feels like an ancient city sometimes. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. My yeah, my, my off base. I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any other deeper takes on that. I've just been following. Um, you. I
1: mean, always you know, shout out to the French people standing yeah. up against you know uh, standing up yeah, good for them.
0: Forty-six thousand uh, people marched in Paris and one hundred and thirty-three in total nationwide. The mm-hmm. Interior Ministry has said again. The footage is really startling yeah. and very haunting. And long
1: time. Well, you know what? Show this footage to all these crybabies. Like, oh, there's looters burning down (laughs) Minneapolis. Really? Minneapolis is destroyed. The Hartford shopping center is gone. Show these photos of France France. and Ukraine protests Uh, and and what's going on in Poland right now and all these various places, uh, Belarus, all these other spots. Show them photos of those places. You want to tell me that American cities are being burned down by all the scary looters? Uh,
0: big segment My this gosh.
1: week. <laughs> big, uh, big outro segments this week. First one. Uh, I'm done with this guy.
0: Special, I'm done with this guy. This week, Federal Communications Commissioner uh, Chairman Ajit Pai said that he will step down from his post mm. on January 20th, the day President-elect Biden. So
1: many villains <laughs> getting ousted. This, so many villains getting ousted. This
0: announcement means that the FCC could reach a Democratic majority sooner than it otherwise would be able to. Mm. Pi's term was slated to expire in June of 2021.
1: For anybody who doesn't remember that name, by the way, he's the one who was uh, basically trying to get rid of net neutrality mm-hmm. when that was uh, mm-hmm. a large, large pressing issue that I know we talked about on the show. That's correct. Well if you don't remember the name, remember the action for sure. Uh,
0: Pi's decision to step down could have significant implications on net neutrality, an issue that helped define his term as chairman. Uh, in 2017, he voted with fellow Republican commissioners to remove rules that prohibited internet providers from blocking or slowing traffic to certain sites and offering higher speeds at higher prices.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, good stuff. Uh, and uh, let's go to this week's big energy segment. But I want to I preface with something first, okay? Big energy segment has been one of my favorite things to do on this show. Mm-hmm. I love the big energy segment. Finding controversial uh, decisions by people who are really committed uh-huh. to what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's any person in the world who better exemplifies this big energy award than the very recently deceased uh, Diego Maradona, mm-hmm. who passed away earlier this week as one of the greatest soccer players of all time. Among Pele, one of the most iconic soccer players of a generation. Uh, amazing ability, so many fans, so many critics, well known for his excesses and his, uh, his addictions a wild character. One of the most interesting characters. Mm. Uh, and I don't think there's any person in the world who better exemplifies big energy than Diego Maradona. Mm. So I'm wondering if this should go forward as the Diego Maradona big
1: energy segment
0: Mm. going
1: forward. I don't know. I see. I see. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, this seems like I can't, I don't have too much uh, commentary on it because I don't know a ton about the guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been hearing a bunch, you always hear about him in the periphery, but... I couldn't say enough about his life. I'm going to have to read a book about him now.
0: He's really fascinating. There's a really great New York Times article about it if you want Mm -hmm. to do a deep dive on that. Uh, There's also a really decent Ringer article I saw. Not Mm -hmm. as good, but almost good. Right. Uh, So yeah, and this week, we're going to give our first annual uh, Diego Maradona Big Energy Award to this man. Uh, A man from Taiwan was forced to let go of his newly purchased PlayStation 5 at the cheap after his disapproving wife saw through a ruse of him trying to pass it off as an air purifier.
1: That's, That's right. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> the stones on this guy.
0: So if anyone's never seen a PlayStation 5, it's been very controversial from a look standpoint because it looks like an Ikea like air conditioner, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see how this would have worked until she walked in on him like plugged into the air conditioner. <laughs> I love this story. I love the energy. So this Taiwanese man, the nice, winner. Let's nice try, guy i love it i love the big energy here the diego maradona big energy so congratulations Mm. to you for the first ever diego maradona big energy award of the week (laughs) oh you don't like it (laughs) say it again (laughs) no i'm good all right okay Uh, i was gonna do some stuff about the the playstation 5 being crazy expensive but i feel like there's Mm. no
2: no
1: point
0: how expensive is it it's what's the price it's not that it's expensive it's just that there's not many Mm. right there's only so many out right now so if you go.
1: So go, secondary markets. Yeah, go type in it's like
0: PlayStation tickets. 5, hit shopping, and the first thing you'll see is like $2,000 on eBay. you know what I'm talking about? Like, it feels right, very right, right. price-gougy okay. and really like, uh, I don't know. I like, see. Release the PlayStation 5, Sony. Make yourself some money. I know it's like a loss leader for you, but like, saturate the market, bro. Come on. Do something. Do something. Uh, all right. Let's get to this week's interview. Very excited to have him on. One of our favorite uh, favorite guests. He, he gave me all his new titles. He is the visitor experience and marketing manager and he's also doing events. He does everything. He's the master of the Utica Zoo. The I king see. of the animals. I see. Uh, king of the jungle. <laughs> the king of the jungle. Uh, our very good friend Mark Simon uh, joins us once again to talk uh, about their most common, their most pressing event right now, Bright Nights at the Utica Zoo going on currently. Go to uticazoo.org to check it out. We also talk a lot about Christmas stuff. We're starting to get into Christmas conversation, Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that. Uh, get ready folks. is the season for Mark Simon.
3: Well, it's earlier in the day. It's like it's a little early. I know it's your day off, but it's a little early in the day for right
0: now, for me, at least, to have an adult beverage. At least, uh, admittedly, on the air. Well, I'm talking. Cheers. Cheers. Salud. Salud. Uh, uh, Mark Simon, happy to have you back on the pod. I was just looking back, doing my research. Last time we spoke on the pod, uh, episode 242, Mm -hmm. uh, that was February 10th. Wow. When the pandemic was. Simply yeah. a gleam in our eye. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, yes. And You know, and I don't, want to, I don't want to start off too negatively on that, but it was funny. I was just thinking about this, uh, you know, just with everything that's been going on, reading the news. Mm-hmm. In the, like, the month leading up to actually the pandemic happening, yeah. I was doing student teaching mm-hmm. uh, at the high school. And every day, we're doing, a, we're doing a whole section of news about, like, we're doing a whole mm-hmm. section about the Black Plague and about feudalism and medieval, like, taught, like, uh-huh. you know, global studies, European history. Yes. You know, the important stuff. <laughs> yeah, journalism all that kind of thing. All the stuff you never remember later on. Uh, but, you know, talking about, I would always tie in, in the morning, like, reading, we would put on ABC mm-hmm. and check out the morning news's, like, yeah. coronavirus stuff. Right. And I remember the kids, after a couple weeks, because, you know, we had moved on past the chapter, but the kids sort of wanted me mm-hmm. to, like, wait, go back to see, who, yeah. before we start, like, let's find out what happened with the COVID stuff. Yeah, right? yeah.
3: I We used to do that at work, too, like, every single day, just, like, watching and, like, how it was progressing and moving forward. And even then, like, the kids asked me, like... Are we gonna like get like kicked out of school? And no one was
0: saying that like in February. And I was like, No, no I don't. No, I don't think so. And it's just so funny because by the first week of March, mm-hmm. there was no question. It was like we yeah. were like, Oh, yeah. it's happening yeah. today. It's just right? a matter of, yeah. of when.
3: And and well, like that that's something that I've uh, found very very interesting during this during the pandemic is that like when I was in school, the like the prospect of like not having to go to school, like actually physically go to school, was fantastic. But I feel like school now for kids is a lot different because, like, a lot of people are saying, you know, the kids are, like, really, you know, missing school and whatnot. And, like, you know, you talk to kids that are in school, and they really are. Like, I don't know if it maybe it was just me, but, like, kids now just seem to really no. enjoy school a lot more. We drank from the poison chalice of technology already. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Okay. That makes technology
0: sense. was, you know, school, like, kids hate school, right? Or mm-hmm. they claim to hate school mm-hmm. when they're there. But here's the thing. You know what the kids were doing, like, study hall? They're, like hanging around with their pals and they're yeah, sharing yeah. stuff back and forth and like playing on the phones and talking mm-hmm. trash like for regardless for how much yeah. a lot of these kids are like I'd rather be like on my phone playing video games. Mm-hmm. They would rather be
3: on the phone playing video games with their crew like <laughs> chilling with their boys like and, or talking with their, their ladies or so, whatever. So right? kids like, don't necessarily miss the learning aspect they miss the social the aspect The social aspect, right?
0: Because now what you've done essentially is you've subtracted all of the peripheral fun Mm -hmm. of school right yeah all the excitement of like being around your friends and all the girls you like or you know and all the classes you like and all the things you don't like and Mm -hmm. all your projects and school stuff like that's all on top of like oh i have to do a math that makes sense now it's just and i see this with my niece and nephew actually they sit around all day in the morning doing computer stuff Mm -hmm. because that's all we can really do right now right and then (laughs) they get off of that by just switching a window and staying on their computer, right? Like they don't actually, like they don't move anywhere. <laughs> they don't like go out or like go anywhere, or, do anything. Um, and I was actually up there yesterday, putting up, uh, helping my brother in law put up. Um, what do you call uh, the the plastic? On the windows,
3: right? Oh yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, the weather steel,
0: yeah. Yeah, and uh and I was stunned that my nephew was even like outside
3: just hanging around. He wasn't helping really? us necessarily.
0: But he was hanging around he was, outside. He was I was, just like, standing in the yard. Just standing
3: there watching us. watching. Uh, did he have his hands on his hips and ironing the the grass or was he just kind of there? He was uh I wanna say he had the power drill. Nice. and he was drilling into like the
0: dirt around the oh, bushes. Oh, classic. You know like, classic mm, just yeah. drilling stuff that doesn't oh, need yeah. to be drilled. Yeah. Classic classic little kid stuff. Yeah, classic kid uh, in the yard <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh you know for no reason other than to do it (laughs) it's one of those weird things too like i've you know i've been around my brother-in-law and sister helping him out for the last couple of months so i'm not too worried about you know i don't really go anywhere so we've been Mm -hmm. okay right but it was nice in a weird way just to be like out in his yard for like an hour and a half i didn't really want to go they called me in the middle of the day right as the bills game was starting like you gotta be kidding come on like come on the game's just starting man uh but uh honestly it was actually it was quite refreshing to mm-hmm. just sort of be outside in the relatively yeah. nice weather for a little bit, doing yeah. some light
3: handiwork and getting the sliver and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like like uh, this weekend and you know I'm um, uh, this is this is not a well planned transition, but uh, the last three nights of bright nights at the Utica Zoo, the weather has been glorious and fantastic, <laughs> and uh, you know I was I was able to you know really. You know, get into the holiday spirit at the Utica Zoo Bright Nights uh, program. That is a good transition, actually. <laughs> I have that on my transition board. And let's get to it before we get too far off track, because that's
0: primarily what we're here to talk yeah, about. Yeah. I have the, the website up here, so I'm mm-hmm. just going to read some facts here yes. for the folks. Yes. Uh, Bright Nights, the Utica Zoo, presented by uh, Baird, is it pronounced? Yes, Baird. Uh is a benefit to the Utica Zoo Animals and the Greater Mohawk Valley. Yep. So this is going to be, started November 27th, and it's going all the way through January 3rd, yes. it's thursdays through sundays yes. from 5 p.m to 8 p.m yes a few minor
3: yes i mean uh christmas day christmas eve and new year's eve mm-hmm. are, are, are the two or excuse me the three uh three days that we will not be on that same schedule but yeah of every, every yeah. thursday friday saturday and sunday from 5 p.m until 8 p.m so can you uh you know, paint a picture with your words sure. for, yeah. <laughs> for <our listeners. laughs> let me take out my, my <laughs> linguistic toothbrush yes. here um yeah so um Really I would say probably the best way to give you a, a picture that you could actually, you know, see is if you ever went to the Wonderland of Lights in the Sonic. Which is great. Yeah, we, yep. we, we were very cool. very heavily inspired by that concept. Awesome. We actually worked with um, a few of the folks that were heavily involved with that when um, when when that was going on. So, you know, it it was it was nice to be able to kind of continue a tradition that, that yeah. this community has had for a long time. I had never gone to it. Um, but I had heard how great it was, so I was kind of really excited that we were considering doing something like that. It's very cool if you've never done it before. Yeah. It was a thing that my nieces and nephews really loved when they were mm-hmm. e- like a little bit younger. Not when they, before they got cynical, right. uh, <laughs> like it was like really something they would yeah. look forward to every year. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah. So the so the concept was really to kind of channel that that you know tradition and then you know kind of reinvent it and move it to a different venue. And then the zoo was one of those venues that like. You know we can do a lot of different things very safely, you know, with within COVID guidelines and whatnot, but also host a you know fair amount of people and and continue to be safe as well. So, um, you know, so we we, we bought all these really awesome LED light displays, and they're all different themes. So like there's a, a farm scene, or a construction scene with elves like unloading gifts, and um, all all sorts of other 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 um, uh, holiday themed uh, displays. Uh, we've gone and. Pretty much gone mad, like, doing all sorts of, like, uplighting and just lighting all over the zoo itself. Uh, I mean, I made several trips to Home Depot to pick up equipment, and I have never bought more extension cords in my entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> combined, I have I have bought less extension cords in my entire life than I bought in the last week. Just a total side note. I've noticed as I get old again, thirty
0: mid-30s conversation. I never have enough of two things. Uh, three-prong adapters. Yep. And extension cords. Yep. I could never. You can give me a million of them. I think you can also yep. put surge protectors. Yep. Those the,
3: the holy yep. triumvirate of things. I feel like I always need yep. and never have any of yep. at any given time. Yeah, I mean, I always like make sure to buy different lengths of extension cords, and I never have the one I need <laughs> ever.
0: I was better about it when we were like playing in the band back in the day because yeah. you did have to have certain stuff. Yeah. Uh, but even then, only once I would realized
3: one time that mm-hmm. I didn't have it. Yeah. I and needed. It's either it's either it's either a, a foot short or 30 yeah. and a half feet long. Too long. <laughs> Just see my brother-in-law yesterday. We had the 13-foot um,
0: paneling thing going yeah. across, and this thing just got to the end. And I could see his mind go from like anger to frustration to cursing to being like, "Wait, I think I got it." And it, was, it all took like three seconds. He's like, "Oh, you gotta be no. I think I got it. No, it's okay. It's oh, okay." No, that's that's but good. he was ready yeah. to like lose his mind. He was like, "I bought 13 feet of it." And I was like. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, another Sorry. random side uh, <laughs> um, so besides this, I'm also looking here you guys are gonna have uh, music carolers, you got food trucks yeah. from uh, looks like baked from the grind and the Stathis food truck, grapevine yep. gyro cart. Yep. Um, so you guys are really reached out to a lot of places here, got a lot yeah, of things going yeah, on. Yeah,
3: so um we, we, we had um, you know we had a lot of uh, different organizations that were that were when we first started the planning of this that were really you know, interested in doing the caroling aspect of it, different Which schools really cool. and, and yeah. you know, uh, course groups and whatnot. But unfortunately, in you know the Rona times, as I call them, those things change very quickly. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, our our schedule of uh, carolers is much smaller. Sure. Um. So it, all of that will be happening closer to the you know the last few weeks to, um, leading up to Christmas. Um. So, but yeah, the food trucks have been great. Um. I mean, break from the grind and stuff are are always delicious and you know obviously Louie the classic is Mm -hmm. always great too um but yeah I mean like really the the whole thing that we were really trying to do is that in in 2020 when a lot of holiday traditions and things that people are used to doing um are not able to you know take place you know we want this to be the thing that people can still make holiday memories at while being safe and also feeling safe I say I say it a lot um there's a difference between being safe and feeling safe oh yeah you can be safe but not feel safe and so we go to great lengths to make sure that everyone is safe, but also feels safe. So that's why we require masks at all times. Mm-hmm. We absolutely understand it. it's, it's not ideal, um, you know, sure. to have to wear a mask, especially when you're outside. And we understand that. But, you know, our, our staff, they're very, very specialized. You can't just walk in off the street and be a zookeeper. Oh, so, of course. So yeah. we're, we're very, very protective over them, obviously, um, our animals. Um, you know, we just don't know how this virus affects different animals. You know, we have primates, we have big cats. And, I was going to ask you that: is there, there's no, like, is there research done on that? So, <laughs> I would imagine there is. So early on in the pandemic, uh, several uh, big cats, I think the Bronx Zoo actually tested really? tested positive for coronavirus, huh. um, and also um, uh, primates, just because they are very similar, uh, you know, <laughs> genetically to humans, they are also more susceptible. So you know we're we are a very we'd rather be safe than sorry yeah. type mentality, and you know we've gone to great lengths to make sure that you know everyone you know can enjoy while being safe. So you know even like even we have um, you know we, we have a capacity limit of uh, 500 people at a time, and mm. that's just to make sure that you know one because we want to follow the New York State guidelines, but also we want everyone like I said to be safe and also feel safe. So um, you know we've we've also tried to eliminate. Areas or make a extra large amount of space where there may be any sort of gathering. So like where we have Santa Claus, it's in a very big, open, large <laughs> space so people can spread out and still be in the area. Well, I can't even
0: imagine. I was looking at the website when I was getting ready for this, and it says right in the top, talking to people, you know, you were, you were closed for more than a hundred days mm-hmm. during the during the initial start of, yeah. of COVID. Yep. And I'm so curious. I'm sure you, you know, I'm sure it was probably hectic, but that hundred days mm-hmm. is probably like. Uh, like uncharted territory yes. for you at the time trying to figure yep. out what we need to do like i because there's certainly no real playbooks to go by for something no like
3: well I, ironically there kind of was because the way that the that the virus started hitting the united states it kind of came from the west coast and then moved yeah eastward and then kind of it started just kind of collapsing in mm-hmm. itself so um because we're uh we're a member of the association of zoos and aquariums we had okay. a basically uh like a listserv uh like a like a more or less a forum board that all that anyone that's in the membership can utilize and you know use as an information source. So we were actually working off playbooks that were established by like the Oregon Zoo or and all the West Coast zoos. Okay. Um, that you know they're much much larger zoos, so they take things and like they do them at scale. Then you can scale it down. It's a lot easier to scale it down than it is to scale up. Well, we're also getting the time of year. I don't know how it even affects just the general weather. Like you know, we're getting into the snow yeah. and yeah. <laughs> the
0: snow yeah. and sleep time of year. Yeah, so. I mean,
3: and, and that, that's what that's what's really um, scary for us. And and you know, bright nights is, is also you know a, a very strong revenue generation yeah. push for us because you know during the winter we're open during the winter, um, and unfortunately we don't have. <laughs> The same visitation during the winter as we do during the summer, yeah. so you know. But our expenses don't change; they don't go down. So, like our expenses far outweigh what we bring in in revenue. So fundraisers like Bright Nights and, and things of that nature, and, and also um, being able to accept donations and, and you know other support um, is so important because we're we're a five hundred one c three nonprofit. You know, we rely on that to be able to survive. It's just you
0: know, I and mean, that's the thing. Like you wonder, you know. You just wonder what the the future holds. You know, we are yeah. talking about it in the pot already this morning um, about, you know, they're talking about now there's potential for, like, a vaccine to get pushed through the mm-hmm. EPA by, like, December
3: 15th, right? Yeah. So, you know, it just depends on what kind of— I thought it was supposed to come, like, right before the election day, though. What happened to that? <laughs> yeah, what happened to that story? I don't understand. <laughs> what happened I, mean, I there? thought COVID was gonna be gone. Yeah, I, don't I know. was
0: told that we weren't even gonna talk about COVID
3: anymore after. The yeah, I, I, it
0: and... was just gonna vanish, <laughs> just like poof. Okay. I, it's so funny too. This Thanksgiving was such a, it was such a, a, a mess for so many people. I think you know, and and I, mm-hmm. and I know that every family that was like mine, you know, went through this sort of same conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like we know we need to be safe. We also are not naive to think that we don't want to spend yeah. time to see and, do, and we did the best we could. We did the virtual thing, mm-hmm. and we traded the food around. And I, I guess it's—I understand the pull for somebody to be like, "I just want it to go back to normal, right?" Yeah. But I think you know we're going to lose this Thanksgiving and we're going to
3: lose this Christmas, and we just got to <laughs> deal with it because we might want to have more Christmases and more Thanksgiving Yeah, I know in people. The I know people that purposely sacrificed. 100% not seeing anyone, like yeah. not even leaving their house for Thanksgiving just so they could do Christmas. Which, I don't, that's a good but also strange thought process, like you're gonna save getting sick until later? Like is that like what you're saying or like you're just going to not risk it and stay in the quarantine until then?
0: Also when the, cor- when
3: <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier and this is, this is not a
0: nice analogy necessarily. But, <laughs> you know, the, when it comes out, this it, theoretically if this all goes to the timeline, right? And say the small amounts of this come out in you know to limited amounts of people mm-hmm. is this not going to be like what's going on with playstation 5s right now where people are going to be selling the thing for like nine thousand dollars on ebay like you only find one yeah. like The influencers are getting them uh <laughs> i don't know it's going to be ai am i'm not looking forward to this christmas from a mm-hmm. from an existential standpoint sure i'm looking forward to it for like that i've already bought presents for my family do you know what I mean that's and right. i want to get yeah. <laughs> like nice stuff and that's yeah. You know, I haven't done any decorating yet. I don't know if
3: you started your decorating. I actually have, and which is ironic because one, I'm not usually a big like Christmas guy altogether. I have nothing against Christmas. It's just like I don't, I don't overflow with the spirit. Like I'm not like still like eating turkey, pulling decorations out of the attic. Yeah, like, Jill is, however, uh, our stuff was up, up out of the attic and up weeks before Thanksgiving. Um, But I actually have my own tree in the basement this year. Special tree. Yeah, special tree in the basement. (laughs) Do you Um, you have menorahs on here? I do. Uh, We have several, actually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, what's weird about it is that I have done so much decorating at work, you would think the last thing I want to do is come home and do more decorating, but it's actually what I did. I was even thinking about today on my day off doing the outside decorating, but I'm not doing it in the rain.
0: I've kind of thought, I've gone both ways on this. Sometimes I think to myself, people are going to decorate their houses like mad because Mm -hmm. everyone's like stuck inside with nothing to do. Mm -hmm. But the other side of me thinks no one's going to decorate because they're going to be like, I'm depressed and what's the point? Right. Right? So I'm I'm not sure if we're going to see more or less...
3: Yeah, the uh, the guy across the street from me, he always goes like pretty hardcore with the decoration. Oh, okay. He's got young kids, and it's always cool to like watch them like put it all up yeah. because like he puts it all up <laughs> in one day, boom, done <laughs> all of it. I I missed this year of all the things that I missed this year from the
0: strange time. This is a weird one, but on Halloween we have a house mm-hmm. two houses down over here, mm-hmm. and this guy always like pumps. Music out of speakers in the front of his house, and dresses up as like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger, and like comes out and, like the scares kids in the street. I just loved That's it. Hilarious. I was like, I
3: love this dude's energy so much, and I just that was, was a tough miss this well, year. I was, like, well, Me, the, the same guy that does his house off for Christmas, he does it for Halloween, he does it for, like oh, yeah. for everything. <laughs> and this year he had this awesome display. He had these like three like uh, like mannequin like dummies mm-hmm. like dressed up as different horror uh, uh, characters. Yeah, sitting around yeah. a campfire. Like in his front yard, but then on Halloween, I come, I get home from work on Halloween, and my house, like my street, is full of smoke. Like I, I like I don't know if it was mist or what it was. He's got like this big giant smoke maker yeah. pumping smoke. He's got the the creepy Halloween music. I'm sure he was hiding in a tree somewhere. I don't know. I didn't see him. That's why I ran inside and went to the basement.
0: All right. So I have a small list for you here. Okay. These are uh, four different things that I've seen with Christmas decorations this year that seem to be popular. And I'm going to give you give a chance to give me your thoughts on okay. each of them, all right? All right? Number one, this is the most popular one it seems like. Giant inflatable decoration. You see this almost everywhere now. Giant Santa, yeah.
3: giant igloo, yeah. polar bear, whatever. What are your thoughts on inflatable Christmas decoration? I, I don't, I'm not sure how to put my thoughts about inflatable decorations, but I think that there is, like with everything, that there's a way to do it with tact and there's a way to be super tacky with it
0: can i say that feels to me like there's i don't want to say lazy mm-hmm. i don't want to say lazy
3: because lazy is a,
0: a,
2: a pejorative term yeah.
0: <laughs> i don't think it takes as much effort to put up an inflatable snowman that falls over in the wind as it does <laughs> <laughs> to put up lights on your house like across yeah. the hall. so yeah. i'm always going to give more credit to somebody who meticulously puts like the good
3: lines yep. on their house i did a, that last year and i nearly fell off the roof twice yeah it's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I always somehow because I, I get I get like the net lights and I put them over the hedges in front yeah, of the house. Yeah, net lights are great. But let's, like they like the, uh, when we bought the house, like they were there, so they were like meticulously landscaped and everything. So they're all like together. So I have to like be reaching like into bushes and like getting around shit. Yeah. And every year without fail, I am convinced I impale myself through the leg on one of these yeah. like <laughs> ridiculous branches. I look like I got attacked by a cat on my arms. And I'm just itchy all over the place. (laughs) All right, from the freaking bunches. I'll give you my next one. Uh, This one is a little bit more rare. I haven't seen this much
0: recently, but there was a fad for a while. It was essentially a spotlight Mm -hmm. that you would shine on front of your house that had some sort of picture image on it. What are your thoughts on this? I'm for it. We have one. You like that? I do. You're you're a fan of the spotlight. Yes,
3: I like. I like the one that kind of like. So there's a couple different ones. I like the I like the ones that it's just like the lasers that just like the lasers the dots. So looks like the lights. I like those. (laughs) Uh, my neighbor, my other neighbor, like I live like in my neighborhood, people are just ridiculous with the decorating. Of the oh house yeah, or we live? Yes, for sure. Yeah, for but, sure. But like my neighbor on the other side, he he has, I think I I counted four different laser machines because his house is Kitty Corner, yeah. like just like mine is, and he has his entire house from every direction you can see completely covered. He's got like stakes in like the front of his yard, like casting, like he's got Man. it all mapped out. Um, but I don't like the ones that are, like, when they put them up wrong. So it's just, like, a, it's, it's like a it's, it's a space, like, this big with just, like, yeah. things just rotating. <laughs> like a <slave. laughs> It's just, like, like rotating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's there's, there's definitely some good. The, the Halloween ones are the best ones. Oh, no. I love Halloween, Halloween. projection ones are the best ones.
0: Halloween is mad extra in general as a yes. holiday. So I love when people go yeah. over the top. All right. Here's some more traditional ones here. Um, what are your thoughts? Big lights, the small lights. I like yeah. the big lights. Big lights. I like 70 the big style. lights.
3: But I also really like the super bright LED ones that are like the—they're almost like oh yeah. cap ones. Yep, 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 yep. Um, I don't But know, no, them? I like the look of the of the big lights. They make the big lights that are LEDs now. Yeah. But like, there's like a, a colored like hood over it, so you can, you can barely see it. So I was like, what's the point? Mid 30s combo <laughs> updates in Christmas lights over the last 20 years. Well, they really updated these Christmas lights. Let me tell
0: you.
3: Uh, well, like we like we we have a couple of those like mid-century, like, blow-mold decoration thing? Yeah. We have a blow-mold Santa? <laughs> yes! Oh, I was just going to yeah. talk about that! Oh, yes! Yo, when I was a kid... Uh, I a perfectly know if, timed transition I you, again!
0: I don't know if you ever saw my house on Valentine's Day <laughs> growing up. It's this beautiful blue house on Valentine's Day, break, and we had this <laughs> little... Valentine's Day what? Uh, this little, like, <laughs> Valentine's Day <break laughs> And they still had this, uh, this brick staircase going mm-hmm. down, and we would have the two cast-form hard plastic. Yeah. It was Santa...
3: And Frosty. I think those
0: are the only two they made. They might have made a Rudolph. Is, you,
3: is your house across street from where Rick lives? It's down the road from okay. where Rick lives. Yeah, yeah down the road. I, yeah. I, I, I'm like that house looks, sounds super familiar.
0: Oh yeah, that was I grew up like around the corner, uh, and that was always Christmas tradition for me. Was awesome. putting up those. Those are my two favorite. Yeah because I could punch them. I don't know like as a kid cuz I was a wrestling fan. so I'd come out there and just be like, you know, choke slam. i like I was the Undertaker and then <laughs> ding, ding, Sal would
3: yell at me. Yeah, and throw it down the stairs. Look, uh Joe's dad is like all about them, but like we went to uh, Boutville a couple years ago back when you could go to Boutville, and um there was this one dude the who had like now. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh this one dude who had a whole bunch of them, but he was asking like 150 bucks a piece. Yeah,
0: yeah dude, there you can't find
3: them anymore. Yeah. My mom was pissed. She's Like she threw she doesn't throw anything away. She threw those away. She's yeah, like, what the Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, like I, we have them, but I don't even want to put them out anymore because someone's yeah. gonna steal them. Someone's
0: definitely gonna steal them. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You gotta put it, <laughs> you gotta put it like in your window, in the inside. <laughs> My neighbor with the crazy Halloween, he's got the he's got the leg lamp in, in the in the front window. Uh, and I guess this is the most uh, the most important
0: one. Uh, do you prefer all white lights, all multicolored lights, or the third option, just a miscellaneous third color, like blue
3: or red, that you see sometimes, like some random weirdo. <laughs> Do you have any? Um, so, so the tree we have in our living room that Jill got, she got. Apparently, you can buy Christmas trees that are like three hundred dollars. Yeah. She got one on clearance from somewhere for like thirty-five bucks last year. Yeah. So that's why we have a tree in the basement now. Mm. But this one, it's got it's got. They're all built. They're all pre-wired, and it's got the controller. You can change them. Yes. And it, you can actually change them so they'll they'll go from colored to white and, and like fade back and forth. I'm like. I'm gonna No. <laughs> my 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 tree downstairs has got all white lights, but I think that there's you can definitely do good colors. So like I do on the net lights in the front of the house I do the colored nets. So then when the snow falls on it you get like this colored menagerie of snow <laughs> filled up. Um, killing my bushes. I would say for me, the the biggest
0: issue I've always had with I can't pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. I want Christmas. I want colored lights. Sometimes when I was a yeah. kid it was always colored lights. Yeah. It, white lights felt stodgy, <laughs> like an old man's well, like, Christmas. Well, right? Well,
3: like when we were younger, like the white lights were like these faint, like yellowish orange glow. <laughs> now they're fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now they're like pure white. Like you feel like you got a really lifted pickup truck coming from behind you.
0: Let me tell you a very nineties story. that Sort of. I think you'll really appreciate this. Yeah. When I was a kid, this is a game. With me and my mom. And my sisters would play whenever we'd come home from like my grandparents' house Mm -hmm. or going to do something as a family, especially around the holidays, obviously. You would, wherever destination you were coming home from, Mm -hmm. to the house we were going to, you would pick a number, price is right style, and see how many houses had actually decorated Mm -hmm. on the way home. Mm -hmm. So how many houses actually had lights? And there were, you know, there were rules, right? Like, you know, it's got it can't just be like a candle in the window. It has to be clearly decorated for the holiday. Some sort of effort put into it, right? can't be a house that just always has Christmas lights up right. like you see in certain parts of the neighborhood <laughs> yes. uh, you know, and so you know this was a big I loved this as a kid one of my favorite things in the world is trying to win this game that's actually, that's actually a pretty cool game and uh, that. it's a fun game and it gets you know as you get older it's a good game to play with kids if you have kids okay. and uh, and the other one I always think of is there was a house on Ida Street I can't, remember, I can't remember exactly where it was but in the 90s they had a fiber optic Christmas tree. That would change colors. It was like those weird... like, And I I shit you not, me and my mom and my sisters pulled over (laughs) on the side of Oneida Street to sit out front and watch the tree change colors for like three minutes. Because it was the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) And we were very bored. Uh, But yeah, one of my favorite, most cherished of all Christmas moments. uh, The fiber optic Christmas tree in the stranger's house that we spied for many many minutes. Uh, It's like
3: like driving around just looking at... People's decorations. That like still a thing that people do. Oh god, yeah. yeah. I, I I feel like people don't decorate as hard as they did. Again, we're the cynical generation
0: now. And yeah. then we're people who had less yeah. to do in the nineties. My mom decorated for every holiday. We had yeah, Thanksgiving, uh like Valentine's Day Deck. no one decorates yeah. for Valentine's yeah. Day. You gotta be a Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. You gotta, yeah St. Like, Patty's like, Day.
3: <laughs> Shamrocks everywhere. Yeah, like what is going on in here?
0: St. Joseph's Day, just pictures of Tony Soprano all over the house. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so all right. Before we uh, – I have some final questions for you. Excellent. Uh, before we do, though, let's do one last update. So, Bright Nights, Utica Zoo, it's yes. going on through January 3rd. That's yes. every Thursday through Sunday night
3: from 5 p.m. to yeah. 8 p.m., excluding the major holidays that are coming yes. up, which I don't think <laughs> – So, yeah. So, um, you know, the, main, the really the main things to remember is, like you said, um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights – um 5 to 8 p.m uh the admission cost is just a standard admission eight dollars for adults five dollars for kids um we'll have food trucks for most of the nights i'm i'm, I'm still working to get a couple last nights filled but I'm gonna, up, I'm gonna update the schedule um as soon as i can um and obviously like definitely uh oh the big thing i want to definitely remind people um if you have kids yeah. either bring a letter uh to santa or oh. we, we have letters to santa that you can fill out right there um, and make sure you put your uh, return address on it because every uh, kid who drops a letter off to Santa in our big mm-hmm. uh, Letters to Santa mailbox will actually get a letter back from Santa with a special surprise as Yay. well. So that's always cool. Um, also, every night at 645, we do the reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and and Santa's, uh, Santa's there, you know, uh, for a socially distanced meeting. Um, but I, I also want to make sure just that I uh, mention all of our sponsors because we've had so many people awesome. like, yeah, for sure. uh, support us. And it, it, w- it was crazy to see how many organizations were willing to get involved. Gotta with, pay um, those bills, yeah, for, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, so, it's, it's super
1: important. And yeah, like, do it. I'm going to refill my coffee anyway, so yeah, hit absolutely.
3: them up. Um, so uh, Baird is our presenting sponsor, uh, Teresa Flema and Jason Tobi. Uh I love New York. Uh, First Source Federal Credit Union, uh, Hummel's BME, uh, Business Machines and Equipment, uh, One Realty Partners, Empower Federal Credit Union, Adirondack Bank, the list keeps going, MVP Healthcare, Mallard Valley <laughs> Wellness, Associated Medical <laughs> Professionals, I'm not done, MPC Bank, no, uh, the Greater Utica Area McDonald's stores, uh, Lupini Construction, Crusoe McLean Investments, Dale and Eve Vanderwall, Carol Steele, and of course, Bank of Utica. I was gonna just stay in the other room for a second and make you feel
0: real uncomfortable <laughs> for a minute. Just stay off mic for see how long you could go. No, home. I, I would have just kept going. Um, <laughs> again, people can go to Uticazoo.org, check out all the stuff as well, or they can go to Uticazoo.org yeah. slash Uzi Bright Nights. But just go to the website and it's right yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's right on, on the, the website. Uh, right,
3: uh, just search uh, Bright Nights to Utica Zoo on Facebook, all the info's there. Um, you know, follow us on Facebook. There's, you know, plenty of information yeah. on our Facebook. Yeah, so yeah. i all the info you need is there.
0: And as usual, I'll link everything for all our listeners. You can follow yeah. Udo uh, Zoo on Twitter, Instagram, and the uh, and the
3: hashtag is hashtag UZ Bright Nights.
0: Uh, so got a couple things to hit you up before I let you go yes. uh, and play Xbox. Uh, uh-huh. so I happened to see your uh, your wife there. I'm just gonna call her your wife. I'm That's just gonna, <laughs> it's easier for me. That's fine. Uh, I saw her getting retweeted by some sort of like. Uh, like Insta, what do you call it? Was it Buzzfeed or something? Uh, yeah, something? It, was, it
3: was a Buzzfeed listicle. Uh, so, so Jill's really uh, very active and growing a really solid following on TikTok. Yeah, she's good, and, and she does these great things. Uh, like uh, TikTok made me buy it, so she gets like you know finds. Uh, you know videos of products and then she gets them and then like tries them on and does like a whole review about them. I've I've been in on a couple of them. And it's great because all these companies are seeing that she's like really good at it and she is really good at it so like they they'll like send her products just to like try out and keep. Yeah. So like we got one of those like uh, motorized adjustable desks. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah. yeah. Oh, like the stand up. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. stand up desk. Um, she just got this, like, it's like a hoodie blanket. It's this big, giant, like, hoodie, like, robe blanket thing. It's awesome. You've achieved a very rarefied status out here, which is yeah. influencer husband.
0: This yes. is a great role. It's,
3: it's great. <laughs> it's great. Like, I don't have to, I usually don't have to talk. I just have to try stuff on and just kind of be. be the straight man for. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I I'll do a couple poses. But my, my favorite, though, is it was in the middle of summer. It was super, super hot. Our AC wasn't working. So I'm running around the house doing, you know, just yeah. doing laundry, doing chores and stuff. And I'm just walking around with my boxers, you know. It's it's hot. Classic. Yeah. So I, I come up the stairs, and I go through the living room with a laundry basket, and I look back, and she's in the middle of doing a TikTok video, mm. and just in the background of her TikTok is me just walking through my underwear. See, this is the nuances <laughs> of social media. That's charming because yeah. Mark is wholesome and married. If that
0: was me and Charlie the cat, people would be grossed out by it, right? <laughs> There's a certain level of like, yep, there's a weird nuance. Uh, all right. <laughs> so I got, I got three uh, letting round questions for you. Uh, first one, I don't know if we've asked this one already, now I'll give it anyway. What category on Jeopardy mm-hmm. do you think you'd be better at than anyone else? Like if it popped up on the thing. Than anyone else. Any category. Something you feel like you know more about uh, than man, anybody.
3: Uh, I don't think I know more about anything than... Like, <laughs> than anyone, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, I know a lot about useless office trivia. Like the, you got the the trivia, um, I know a lot about fencing technique. Fence, uh, I was going to say fencing is probably like yeah. some sort of... I
0: would never be able to score a point on you in a fencing-based question thing. Probably. What, I
3: couldn't even name like a foil. Is that yeah. a thing? Yep. There you go. I got one yeah. point. What are, what are the other two? Actually, right. <laughs> There you go. Pepe and Sabre. Well, there you go. <laughs> See? Sabre. <laughs> also Sabre, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Office, office trivia. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all
0: right. So here, I think we may have asked this years ago when I, used to, I brought this question back. Mm-hmm. So we'll set it up again. I'll, I'll frame this for you. You... Mark Simon, Mark and Coordinator. Are the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. You are walking down the ramp. The crowd is chanting your name. You're holding the belts
3: above your head. What song is playing in the background as you make your way um, down the ramp? I have always wanted to walk out to Possession by Whitechapel. Possession by Whitechapel. That's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so you want you want yeah. like the, the heavy yeah. intro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I uh, <laughs> Like, literally right before uh, we close, I actually got promoted. So now I'm the visitor experience and oh, marketing manager. Visitor experience
0: and marketing manager. Yes. See,
3: that's what I get for... And I'm also uh, doing a lot of our event coordinator duties as well. Wow. So I, I, I've had a lot of hand into <laughs> Bright Nights, and it's it's I'm very proud of what our whole team has well, you put, should together, be. put on and put together.
0: You should be, because it's really amazing what you guys have been doing. I know it's been a tough year for everybody, and again, like we were yeah. saying, you know not being certain about how this is going forward and i'm glad that you guys
3: are yeah. able to keep going forward i mean if i could thing. like if i could like humble brag a little bit about yeah, it like please, we we put we put on this uh first year program uh with a smaller team than we've ever put on yeah. any other event uh or program and it's been incredibly stressful but it's because like we all care so much about it and we want to do this not only like for you know to raise the funds and whatnot but we care about being able to have that memory making uh, tradition mm-hmm. that you can start with your family um, because this year people need it more than anything. be able to do that for our community is also really yeah. you know, something we're all really, really proud of. Well, listen, uh, I'm happy that you're here to share this with everybody, so word out for people. I know Thank
0: people you. are looking for something to get excited Definitely. for this Definitely. holiday season. Yeah. Uh, give me one last thing before you go. Give me one sure. book,
3: album, movie, or show that you and Jill are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Um, so Jill got me into the home makeover with Mr. Christmas okay um, <laughs> okay so w- what's funny is that like um, the the first few episodes uh, there's two in Long Island and-, and two in New Jersey and I know where both of the places are in Long Island mm. well, well like the towns not like the houses themselves actually well one of them is a fire department in West Isle of New York on Long Island <laughs> so I know where that is um, the other one I know where the town is but the other one is in Morristown, New Jersey which is where yeah. my mom lives oh yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, you're in on all this
3: stuff. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I'm also reading um, Midnight of the Summer Moon. Yep. Because uh, yep. Zach told me, uh, was telling me about the um, audio book, and I just got it on my Kindle, and I've been reading it, and I've never really been a big reader, but it's written to the point that, like, you can definitely get a good visual just from reading, just like in your magic. Oh, yeah. Because no, it's, it's very graphic.
0: I've been trying to read more this last, uh, this last like, couple months, because I've been, you know, sitting around here doing... Ever since my PlayStation got stolen, I have a lot less time to game. I'll put it that yes, way, right? Yes. So. Well, that's why I brought the Xbox, so we well, can appreciate you know,
3: that. run around you know, <laughs> working people. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right.
0: So, Mark, again, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thank you. Um, you will do I'll do the links. And, uh, yeah. What number show is this for me? There's got to be like... Oh, you're getting up there on the list. Yeah, this is show... Oh, geez. Uh, I mean, I've, I was talking about this with somebody last week. It's gotten to a point now where with certain people, it's just like recurring guests. Yeah. Like it's not even yeah. like, oh, especially this week. Like, oh, Mark's <laughs> back, right? Yeah. I guess, like, if you, I don't know, not, I haven't watched as much Joe Rogan, but uh, who like who are the guys who always show up on Joe Rogan? It's like, there's, like, five guys who are always on there. I, I know. Exactly like Joey you, Diaz. Yeah, Joey <laughs> Diaz is always on. He's, oh, man,
3: he's ridiculous. He's the worst. He's
0: ridiculous. Uh, but you, I, there are certain people I just, uh, I always feel like, you know, there's always something going on at the yeah. zoo. There's always something we can talk about. Yeah. It's easy to come back on, so. But uh, I've come on for so many different reasons that it Racks up we, we cross paths in a lot of the places yes. I don't know if you noticed, so. yes, yes, Mark right. cheers salute Salud. thank you very much, yes, so much. Uh, yeah. and we'll get back to the show in just a moment Simon, who well, I hope wonderful things happen to him and only to him and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Mark's uh, hooking up the Xbox so I can try out his Xbox here. Oh, I see. how's uh, so we'll be... it going down in the hall. I want to try it. I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. I I'm not in any rush to go. We talked about this last night when we were uh, talking football. When the football game was so bad that we just stopped watching the game and moved on to I coming. I see. Uh, but I'm not in any rush to go buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox, whatever the newest one's called. Because right. I, you know me. I don't want a garbage game. I'm not the guy. I want to know that the game was good before I bought it. Mm. I don't want to waste sixty dollars on Fallout 76 again, dude. I don't want that in my life again. I don't need it. Don't yeah, need it. it. Makes sense to me. Don't buy me one for Christmas. Don't buy anything for me for Christmas. No mm. uh, thanks again. To I don't Mark. want nothing. Mark Simon. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do some history lessons here. I don't know how good or bad they'll be this week. We'll see. I do. <laughs> Hit them. Um. On this day, 1874, uh, Winston Leonard Spencer Churchill, who came from a prestigious family with a long history of military service, uh, was born uh, and joined with his... Uh, yeah, blah, move right past it. Uh 1950, in the second year of the World War, uh, Winston Churchill was held responsible for two disastrous campaigns and was excluded from the War Coalition government. He resigned and was volunteered to command an infantry battalion in France. However, in 1917, he returned to politics as a cabinet member in the Liberal government of Lloyd George. Uh, From 1919 to 1921, he was the Secretary of State for war, and in 1924, he returned to the Conservative Party, where two years later, he played a leading role in the defeat of the General Strike of 1926. Uh, At the outbreak of World War II, he was called back to his post as the first lord of the admiralty and eight months later replaced the ineffectual, which is a really sweet word for him, uh, (laughs) Neville Chamberlain as the prime minister of the new coalition government. I would say that the thing that Winston Churchill probably most famous for, I would say, is the never surrender speech. We will fight on the seas and in the air and in the sky and we will never surrender. Mm -hmm. He's one of those interesting characters and I think... There's a couple, like, political figures and historical figures that I think have this big air of, like, awe to them. I always think, you know, Teddy Roosevelt had that, sort of, like, this sort of mythical vibe. I always get that with Churchill. He's not, Mm -hmm. like, an imposing figure. He seemed like a big, shoddy drunk. But he was still, like, this, such an interesting character. Yeah, of course. uh, I don't know. My first thought, too, is that... uh, it's so weird that like who played him he was in like the is this in Glorious Bastards in that
1: one scene in Glorious Bastards. Oh that's yeah, that's true. Well, they just made the movie about him, isn't like uh, Gary Oldman played? Gary Oldman or? played. I haven't
0: yeah. seen that movie though. Did oh, you watch it? Oh my god, no.
1: I don't, <laughs> know, I don't have time to watch some actor putting on like fat makeup to play mm-hmm. a historical figure. There's only really so much time for movies to go around. In
0: nineteen fifty five he retired as prime minister but remained in parliament until nineteen sixty four, the year before his death. Uh, really just an era when you could just be drunk all the time. Just constantly drunk. It's it's loved love the good drink. Uh, all right, on this day, 1965, Ralph Nader's book, Unsafe at Any Speed, hit bookstores. He was a 32-year-old lawyer who published the muckraking book. Uh, the book became a bestseller right away and also prompted the passage of the National Traffic and Motor Vehicle Safety Act of 1966, seatbelt laws in 49 states, and a number of other road safety initiatives. What was the state that held out, by the way?
1: Mm, I would probably like Texas or something. New Hampshire. Hmm. Weird. Weird.
0: Uh, unsafe at any speed made Nader famous and led credibility to his work as a consumer advocate. Uh, I always, you know, this is just some Pearl Jam stuff. I mean, like, I think Eddie Vetter was the first person I ever saw who, like, drew me my attention to Ralph Nader. Early on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nader argued that technology existed that could make cars safer, but autom- uh, automakers had little incentive to actually use it. He felt that the gigantic costs of highway carnage in the country supported a service industry of doctors, lawyers police officers, and morticians, and there's little in the dynamic of the automobile uh, accident industry that works for its reduction. Mm. So, hot takes. <laughs> hot takes in 1965. True, not wrong.
1: Stay consistent.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Unsafe at any speed rallied in particular against a certain car called the Chevy Corvair, mm-hmm. which was a sporty car with a swing axle and a rear-mounted engine that was introduced in 1959. He argued that the car epitomized the triumph of, quote, stylistic pornography over engineering integrity what a what a wordsmith uh, he said that the rear uh the swing axle made its back end unstable a 1972 study vindicated the corvair finding it was just as safe as anything other but the damage was already done and it became an icon of dangerous deadly design and the last one rolled off the assembly nine in 1969. Uh, whether or not its particular examples were unsound, unsafe at any speed mobilized a mass movement in which ordinary consumers banded together to demand higher car and uh, car safety and better uh, laws. I think it's really fascinating. This is my favorite part about this. You could, in 1956, uh, safety conscious people could buy a Ford car with seatbelts and padded dashboards. hmm but only two percent of people actually did. So, they were given the option, when given the option, people did not choose it. Right. And it was only a twenty-seven dollar option. It wasn't like some outrageous option. So, I think it was interesting that, like, given the option as just whatever for people, most people said no. I think yeah, that, that checks. <laughs> it does yeah. check, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. All right. Uh, on this day, 1970, uh, created in response to the dawning realization that human activity can have major effects on the planet. The Environmental Protection Agency heralded a new age of government action on behalf of the environment and opened in 1970. uh, Concerns about pollution and other environmental issues began creeping into the American consciousness in the 50s and 60s, specifically with the 1962 publication of Rachel Carlson's Silent Spring, which is a watershed moment for American environmental awareness, as were the oil spills that affected California beaches and the burning of Ohio's heavily polluted Cuyahoga River in 1969. Uh, When it was opened, the EPA was flooded with resumes from environmentalists who were excited by the idea that the government would finally act on their concern, and it opened with 58,000 employees and a budget of $1.4 billion. Uh, Consciousness of the importance of establishing the new administration's authority, they acted aggressively to enforce the Clean Water Act, secure a uh, ban on pesticide DDT, and prosecute the, uh, the corporations responsible for polluting the Cuyahoga River. So, yeah. Big energy from EPA. Love the EPA. We don't like him anymore, apparently. We've decided. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: we I don't we is we a is. bold word, yeah. Uh, the gen- yeah. Uh But yeah, just, uh, I don't know, support the environment. Support the EPA, guys. Uh, that's it. That's all I have for that one. Want to move on to a lighter one? I have a lighter one for you. Sure. On this day, 1974. Elton John's greatest hits album reached number one. A 10-week run atop the Billboard 200 pop album charts on its way to selling more than 24 million copies. That's got to be a real flex. I'm so popular that my collection of hits Mm. comes out. Songs you already own. (laughs) And it's going to sell 24 million copies. Got a lot of hits. So, interesting you say that. I pulled up the track. This is a greatest hits album from Elton John in 1974. There's like another 20 years of his career after this album. Mm-hmm. The Stones, I love it, just killing it. You want to? Here's the songs that are on it. You ready? Your song, mm-hmm. Daniel, mm-hmm. Honky Cat, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Saturday Night's All Right for Fightin'. Rocket Man, Benny and the Jets, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, Border Song, and Crocodile Rock. Those are the 10 mm-hmm. songs. Uh, in the international versions Benny and the Jets was replaced by Candle in the Wind which seems like a mistake like put Candle in the Wind on there as well why replace Benny and the Jets that's a hit Mm,
1: I think yeah because well that was many many years later right Candle in the Wind is the song he wrote for Princess Diana in 1996.
0: But I feel like if you're going to take a song off this list to replace it with Candle in the Wind, Benny the Jets is like a big one. It's a big hit, I feel like. Just add an extra. What's
1: your favorite, uh, what's your number go-to Elton John song? You got a hit? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. We, in the band, we play Benny and the Jets, and it always goes over really well. It's a lot of fun to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting is another one that we play. That's really fun to play. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I like the song, Your Song. I also like the song, sad song, Say So Much. Mm -hmm. As a
0: kid, I liked the song Crocodile Rock, but it's a little tough now as Mm -hmm. I get older. I also kind of like that song, I Want Love, that he Mm -hmm. made later in his career. Mm -hmm. Pretty good track. Uh, His first album, debut album in 1960, Empty Sky, failed to catch on, but it was 1970. And his breakthrough album, Elton John, with the song, Your Song, it was his first top 20 hit on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, all right, and finally, last history lesson on this day, 2004. Uh, after winning 74 straight games and more than $2.5 million, a record for U.S. game shows, Jeopardy! contestant Ken Jennings finally loses. Uh, Ken Jennings' extended winning streak gave the show a huge rating boost and turned the software engineer from Salt Lake City into a TV hero and a household name. Barbara Walters named him as one of the 10 most fascinating people of the year, and Jennings appeared on such shows as late night with David Letterman, Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and Sesame Street. I mean, so they're already talking about Jennings doing like the interim like appearances as host, right? Sure. You know how like in in sports sometimes you have to like um, you have to like uh, do like certain candidates just have to have to interview certain people. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what's going on here with this Jeopardy story. Like they know that Ken Jennings is going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they don't want to say Ken Jennings is going to be the guy. So they're right. going to rotate out, like, a couple different hosts and see if anything sticks. But I feel like we all know where this is going in the end. Just true. Just hire Jennings. Why not? Mm-hmm. He Sounds seemed, like it. He seems like the only logical guy. Would you like
1: a celebrity to do it? Like, someone different no. out of nowhere? Definitely not. No? So you don't want somebody... No. Don't give me some garbage celebrity slumming on Jeopardy. No. What about, like, Pacino? That'd be terrible. He would be so bad. Oh, he'd be amazing. He's out of control. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to get shows filmed. All right, the final Jeopardy question's here. No, oh, yeah, you'd be on the moon. No <laughs> All, right. All right, moving on.
0: Uh, let's get to this week's Doomsday Report. Yeah. Uh, from DailyMail.co. Google Earth earlier this week revealed an obelisk found in the Utah oh, desert. I saw that. I saw It <laughs> has been here for years. Could it be aliens? Could it be an eccentric artist? Nobody is sure. The smooth metal monolith was found during a helicopter survey of bighorn sheep in southeastern Utah. Satellite images show the mysterious structure has been in the desert since at least 2015 or 2016. There are no identifying marks. No one has claimed responsibility. Mysterious structure has captured the attention of, con- uh, captured the attention of conspiracy theorists. A lot of people say it looks like the monolith from 2001 Space Odyssey. It does not. I don't mm. know why people are saying that. Because right, it's a, squ- cause it's Cause a it's rectangle. S- yeah. I guess. It's like a triangle, though. It's, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. Uh, so some people believe that it is the work of late minimalist artist John McCracken who died in 2011. That's the most popular theory. Mm. Kev, do you have a theory? Uh, about this public structure that people are saying may have been there for at least forty to fifty years, is what the Department of Public
1: Safety is saying. You have a theory on what this is? Yeah, it was probably that guy, or just somebody who saw 2001: uh, Space Odyssey and got excited and was just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him." Hear me out. I think
0: right it is the tip of some sort of Lovecraftian
1: demon. Mm, I don't know. I, I, don't, think so. I don't know if I think that that's what you actually. Think. I think that's what I think that's what it is. <laughs> I see. I think that's what's going on. I see. Yeah, it was just somebody who put it out there. <laughs> it's pretty just good. To be like, would oh, be funny. Uh, here's one for you. Here's a story from uh, from Austria.
0: Residents of an Austria village have finally decided, after years, that they're going to change the name of their town. Mm. Cover your ears, folks. For many years, this town in Austria was known as fucking Austria. Mm. That's right. <laughs> It's a famous spot for tourists to go take a picture in front of the sign. It's become a sort of a mockery over the years. And this small town, small village of 100 people, has finally decided they're done with calling their town mm. fucking Austria. So they've changed the name, Kevin. Do you want to know what they've changed the name to? Uh, sure. Fugging. Oh, that's stupid. F-U-G-G-I-N-G. Guys, you. <clears throat> it was a good call to change the name. Maybe go a little farther. Yeah, that's uh, you, you. didn't even do anything. You didn't even do anything. You did nothing. Fugging there. Austria. There's nothing. It's the same thing. Gonna get more people there. We are changing the name to Intercourse Austria
1: because oh, of all. Old... Sorry, oh,
0: no good. You don't like that one.
1: I don't think they should do that either. <laughs> yeah. Back so, to the drawing board. Back to the
0: drawing board, boys. All right. Uh, here's a story that I should have uh, shared with uh, with our friend Mark Simon. Uh, the Toronto Zoo really, really doing some good marketing here uh, this week the canadian army is celebrating the promotion of one of its furriest members that's right juno the polar bear mm. who lives at the toronto zoo was adopted by the army shortly after she was born on remembrance day 2015. polar bears are the army's official mascot and given her birth date, she was named for canadian landings of juno beach in world war ii so every year they've been giving her an honorary ranking and every year it's been going up She started off as a private later a corporal after five years she's still moving up the ranks and this year Juno the Polar Bear has reached a new milestone It was promoted by the Canadian Army from Honorary Corporal to the esteemed ranking of Honorary
1: Marshal Corporal, uh, Corporal Juno the Polar Bear. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, it just goes <laughs> to show that, you know, if you just stay, keep your head down, uh, <laughs> stay humble and be a bear, you can, you too can be the Honorary Master Corporal, so.
0: Oh, Shout out goodness. to the bear. Oh, man, I, I just love... Like, just great, great marketing. Just yeah. wonderful marketing. Gotta do something. Corporal Bear. I love it. It's just good stuff. Uh, I gotta talk to Mark about getting some sort of badge or some sort of surname for some of the animals up there. Sir Camel. Mace- I, think, I think they let you call him whatever <laughs> you
1: want. <laughs> uh, you can go up there and say hello, Sir Camel. I don't think anybody's gonna mm. shut you down. Uh, a little more international news here.
0: Uh, former gymnast uh, escaped South Korea earlier this week mm. uh, by vaulting. Over the ten foot, the ten foot fence topped with barbed wires. Just, I love the the style here. Just use what you're good at. Just absolutely, you get what you deserve,
1: Korea. <laughs> uh, the man in
0: his 20s told security personnel he had formerly been a gymnast. The, uh, the Korea Herald reported authorities say his light body weight and gymnastic skills may have aided in his escape. Yeah, because he's a gymnast. Unbelievable. This is essentially he's essentially Robin, like Batman's. They trained him to escape. He tricked <laughs> them into training him to escape. Uh, so, uh, so, uh soul officials who are questioning the man have had him recreate his jump twice according to the publication so they're out here being like prove it and he's like i got you let me show you it again I do it twice i'll let you know uh so yeah i respect it okay I, i've been waiting all week for this story gotta be our favorite thing to do uh mafia names a recurring segment here on the podcast mafia names Earlier this week, 15 alleged members of a crime family based in Philadelphia faced federal racketeering charges and related charges. Uh, the superseded indictment revealed on Monday there were 15 members, including...
1: <clears throat> Joey Electric... Mm-hmm. And Tony Meatballs. Incredible. <laughs> Which is always great. Always a treat. Anytime.
0: Uh, by the way... Joey Electric is 60 years old. So, I don't know how many electric 60-year-olds you know who are out there just just cutting it up. Also, Tony Meatball 73. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. old mobsters. Um, According to the indictment, the organization made money through the commission of its alleged crimes and used its reputation influence to uh, exercise control over criminal rackets like bookmaking and loan sharking. So... Mm -hmm. Class, mob stuff. Classic
1: mob stuff. <laughs> classic mob stuff. It's tough. You know, I understand why we have to go through the <laughs> procedures and, you know, the law is structured the way that it is. But sometimes it's got to be frustrating for these prosecutors because they probably wish they could just go in there and be like, you, you know what this is. They're doing mob stuff. Mob You stuff. know who this guy is, yeah. Tony Meatballs, Tony doing meatballs. mob stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, So two things I have here that I'm going to go from this. I came up with a couple of names for myself here. I'm going to give you a couple oh, like, are oh you ready? Boy. All right. Sammy Greaseballs. Uh, Sammy Smokes. Better. Sammy Eyes. Weird. Sammy Goggles. Better. Sammy provolone.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Sammy salami. Uh, too, too too illiterate. Uh, a little I bit, like Sammy little Four. Bit. You don't like
0: Sammy Eyes, Sammy Four Eyes? I got the glasses. And
1: Sammy Four Eyes is better than just Sammy Eyes. Eyes makes it seem like you're gonna have like some weird like bug eyes or some like freak like. Hey, it's me, Sammy you guys, Eyes. Yeah, some crazy eyes or something. Sammy Crazy Eyes. Sammy, Sammy Four G- Eyes is alright. Sammy
0: Greaseball? You don't like Sammy Greaseball?
1: I, no, that's too <laughs> that's too uh, broad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like Sammy Provolone. That's not bad. Provolone is good. Provolone's good. Uh, also, I just gotta point this out. This is a real. This is some real Italian shit right here. Have you? Don't do this if you're Italian. Mm. Don't go on Instagram and type in hashtag ItalianX because it's a terrible, terrible hole to fall down to. I've seen some people trying to like make, you know how LatinX is a thing?
1: Oh, yeah, I see.
0: I've seen a lot of Italians trying to make ItalianX a thing. Oh, like Italian, they're,
1: they're probably out on Staten Island.
0: Oh, dude, <laughs> dude! It's like, first off, out Italian. They're in the autonomous zone on Staten Island. Okay, that's Latino, who these are. Latino, Latina. There's a oh. difference, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why Latinx works for everything. There's no reason Italian is Italian. You don't need to yeah. do this. Yeah. What are you doing? Why? I mean, if these if these folks could
1: read, they'd be very upset. <laughs> these they're these also ref- they're also
0: referring to themselves as white people of color.
1: Great. So, I don't Great. even
0: know. I'm not even t- I don't even know how to. Uh,
1: go. Those are your people. Uh, so these are. I don't. Like, clean them up. Oh,
0: my God. I hate it so much. Don't don't go on Instagram and look at this shit. You'll just get mad. You'll get mad. Uh, all right. Let's do uh, a couple mailbag questions, and then we'll head out here so I can uh, play Call of Duty. Uh, ah. All right. All right. Uh, this one's specifically for you, so I, I have to stay out of this one, okay? Okay. Mm. I'm a pretty tall guy, about six foot nine. That's Mm, crazy tall. My gosh. And inevitably, people want to ask what my height is. I oblige, as I've been getting the question since I was 18 years old. But Every Mm -hmm. now and then, a person responds with, oh, that's great. My son, dad, uncle, cousin, next door neighbor, whatever, is of a similar height. Yep. Uh, How am I supposed to respond to this? Pretend that there's some secret tall guy club where we all know each other and give each other head nods? Or is, how do I react to this without seeming like a total ass to people? I'm just
1: dealer's choice, man. Have a good time. Mix it up. <laughs> you can say whatever you want to people. You can... Like... I have no take on this. So this I mean, all, like, yeah, yeah. You, could, you could make the joke back. You could just get... It depends. I mean, if you... I don't know. It seems strange to me that there's a world where people like sit back and think about, oh, well, what what would I say if, when, then? I don't know. Just go out there and and say whatever (laughs) you want. You want to Uh, pretend there's a club and make a joke out of it? That's fine. You just want to laugh with people? You'll be alright.
0: And here's another one. This is just a straightforward question. Do you miss video stores? Do you miss video stores.
1: I think this is one of those questions that always comes up where the, the answer uh, a lot of people think it's yes but the answer is actually no yeah. and they just mm-hmm. miss being a child
0: yeah no I think you're spot on here uh, you know
1: what I mean like no I don't think I don't think I actually miss like physical locations no. of blockbuster and video to roll but I miss like being young and, like, Friday nights and picking yes. out movies yeah. and sleep. Like, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? I think you're Look, totally spot on. I don't actually miss video stores. Again, just like almost was a lot of things that come up in our culture these days. I just miss being a child, of course.
0: I'm not gonna pretend I don't... I didn't love the video store. I sure. definitely did. I thought that was cool as shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alright, so let's... I think about how much of a hassle that would be now, though. Oh, yeah. Really. Like, nobody would go. People would complain, oh, I gotta go all the way down there. It's five minutes away. Did you know? Now in the COVID times. 100%. People won't to go to Redbox. One person,
0: one person in the video story time, people in line be like, hurry up, pick a movie. Mm. Hurry up and get runaway bride. Get That's your what you're getting.
1: Get your kid away from the curtains. <laughs> get your kid away
0: from the curtains. All right, let's uh let's do uh Spotify picks for the week and get out of here. Okay. Uh I'm gonna start this week. All my three of my Spotify picks are based off of the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Junior boxing event that we watched on Saturday Indeed. night. Indeed. Uh, Indeed we did Two of these people uh, Wiz Khalifa We Dem Boys He killed it on the show Live And then also A guy I'd never heard of St. John mm-hmm. Huh Pretty good Thought he was pretty good Thought he was pretty good So I got Sucks to be you By St. John And We Dem Boys By Triz Khalifa Yo <laughs> Um, Before I gave you, What did you think of Tyson Tyson and Jones What did you think of the event Oh uh, it was pretty good
1: Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul Man poor Nate Robinson <laughs> you yeah. would never be seen again it's over for Nate Robinson. Poor lad.
0: Oh, yeah, so those are my picks this week in spite Yeah, it was of,
1: good enough. I mean, I wouldn't i wouldn't pay any money to watch it, and I wouldn't certainly. have paid money, oh, but no. I can't think of almost any fight I'm going to pay $50 to watch. Like, it's just not... If I can go there, I'll pay $50. I'm going to pay $50 for you to broadcast something to my home. Like, it's 2020, maybe the internet for a reason.
0: There's only one relevant boxing match people want, it wasn't Tyson, Joy, Roy Jones. I'd be curious to see how much money they made,
1: though, because I bet you they made bank.
0: Also, mm. Snoop Dogg was the winner of that entire thing. Like, go watch that event just to... Enjoy Snoop Dogg at his Snoop
1: Dogg his, on commentary of Ronaldo and Sugar Ray was it was a good there was un, a good mix unreal a really good mix for that kind of event. Um, I thought they did a really good job of striking um, striking a pretty good tone for their event on yeah. TV. Like in a weird time, I shout out to everybody who put that on. <laughs> I thought they did a good job with it.
0: I thought the event was actually very entertaining. Way they more entertaining, well run too. Yeah, you know? If well they run. had a
1: crowd in there, that would have been
0: would have been something. Pretty weird to see all the open drug use. You don't see that often in, like, a, an
1: event like this. this is the future, True. though. This is the True. future. Uh, all right, Kevin, what were your picks for this week? Do you have any picks you want to highlight? Um, I've got a bunch. Uh, there's there's a couple different ones that I found that are kind of new on there, a couple uh, older favorites, too, that I'm going to highlight. There's a song called "Sabroso" by the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. which is an instrumental track off the Beastie Boys instrumental album um, where Adam Yock, uh, MCA, RIP, who passed away. Oh, was um, Who is the bass player in the Beastie Boys. He plays upright bass on the track, and it's uh, just really cool short little instrumental that I like. Um... And then also, um, I put on the song Red Eyes by the band The War on Drugs, Mm -hmm. because a friend of mine was listening to that album specifically, a really good War on Drugs album uh, It came out a couple years ago, and we got talking about it when we were playing at practice or at the show or something like that, and I was listening to that album a bit more, so I threw a track from there on. Nice. Then a few others. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll talk next week about doing
0: some sort of theme episode if we can come up with something. Yeah, yeah, uh, we can
1: We can probably sit down and brainstorm some themes and then just have a little like, box to pick from any time. Yeah. All right, very cool. All right, uh If thanks. you have any ideas, let us know too on Twitter or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, also let me know about turkey eggs. I still want to yeah, know about if those. you got turkey eggs. Listen, <laughs> if you're out there and you got to connect still... on turkey eggs, you reach out in the DMs to Sam <laughs> and he'll call He'll. get your eggs thanks once again to give Sam your eggs
0: uh, to the Utica Zoo's own Mark Simon check out uh, Bright Night's event going on now through January 3rd every Thursday through Sunday night go to UticaZoo.org for more information Uh, follow our beloved Heather Waz check her out see how she's doing Mohawk Valley Little Explorers we miss her we hope she's doing great uh That's it. uh We are on. Follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. It's your podcast taking over the web. Signar, humanoids, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We will see you next week on another episode of the Uticast. Be safe, folks. Holiday shopping is coming now. Such countdown. Christmas time coming.